Welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name is Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor. Welcome to our show today, sitting next to me... Hunty, man in black. Where are we, Hunty? This is We're actually not in our normal studio today, are we? That's right, we're in the most beautiful place. It's called Sedina and we're right on the beach. It is fabulous. But don't be fooled. <laughs> but don't be fooled. Here comes the Grolman with the but. Don't be fooled for one second. <laughs> Our studio is the car. Yes. And Hunty's got us parked three foot away from a green colour bomb fence, and that's all I can see. It's, it's a st- anti storm fence because the wind's blowing quite strongly today. What are we doing over here, Hunty? We are on a shooting trip, and we've so far, praise the Lord, got seven programs in the can. We have, uh, actually, a week or so back, I went, it was over a week ago now, I went to Western Australia to do a regional for our church, the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Bunbury, had a fabulous time, and Bunbury has Faith FM. Of course. So if you're from Bunbury, a great big shout-out to yep. you today from us, yes. the Aussie Pastor Ministry. I'd say we're in Sydney, but we're actually still on our way back from Bunbury. That's right. And Hunty says halfway. we're on a shoot, and we've got another, I don't think we can get home until Thursday or Friday this week, mate. So we've got cool. another few days yet. Loving it. Oh, well, know. except for the rainy nights and the tent only blow over. But other than that, loving it. Just to let you know how <laughs> we work, we're actually the poorest <laughs> media ministry in the Adventist Church in, in Australia. the world. Oh, in the world. Yeah, not just in Australia, okay. in the world. While other evangelists and that fly around and stay in motels and hotels. Yes. Well, we, we drive, we drive. Yes. And we stay in caravan parks and I sleep in the back of the car and Hunty sleeps in a... Well, a tent, but you know what? This is actually a step up from us because we have actually stayed at the side of the road with our swags. So a caravan park with a hot and cold shower, mate, we're living it up. Oh, maybe I'm just getting too old. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel like I'm living it up. But look, welcome, welcome, welcome to our program today, listeners. Hey, August 9, Hunty, this day in history. Yes. Did you know August 9 is day 221 Ooh, of the year? Almost Christmas time. If it's a leap year, it's... Is it do so? It's day two hundred and twenty-one of two thousand twenty-two. But if it's a leap year, Hunty, are we mean? a day behind or a day in front? The Olympic Games is a leap year. Yeah. I think we're a day behind, but I wouldn't want to be quoted on that, especially <laughs> on national radio. Hey, some things that happened today. Let's yes, move on yes, from that. Yes. Let, let's tell move, us what's why happening. Why would I ask a question that none of us know the answer for? Just, hmm, let's move on. Yeah. Yes. Um. In 1893, on this day, August 9, Thomas Edison, I thought this one might, yes. uh, you know, you might be interested in One of my in this. heroes, yes. Thomas Edison received a patent for a two-way telegraph. Nice. So that's the beginning of your walkie-talkies. That, well, that wasn't a, to- yeah, that's exactly, the phone. Where, where, the phone. Wherever we go, Hunty has his little walkie-talkies. I beg him not to annoy the truckies, <laughs> but he loves to give us a little bit of a yeah, spiel yeah, of yeah. what you say to a hey, truckie. Hey, come in, rubber ducky. <laughs> Breaker, breaker, 1040, 10 He's the sort of bloke who's, you never want to admit that he was the guy with the walkie-talkie. Truck when we stop at the survey, he's love to say g'day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can, I can hear truckies turning off <laughs> yeah. at a thousand miles an hour. We're joking, listeners, we're joking. <laughs> My brother's a truckie and he's warned me not to get on the CB and annoy them for no reason at all. All I do is... 
when we're about to blast past at the speed of sound, I like to get on the radio and give them fair warning. Now, when he says we're about to blast past at the speed of sound, that's never over the speed limit, listeners. Yes, to all their members of the police force listening, it's yes. never over the speed You've limit. You've got some members of the police force in your church. And my family. Who might, yeah, your own son. <laughs> So, uh, 1893, August 9, the, the patent for the Telegraph. 1945, this is a sad one. Oh. The US dropped Fat Boy. You know what Fat Boy was? Yeah, the big bomb at Hiroshima. Yeah. Well, it was on Nagasaki, not was Hiroshima. That, was that Nagasaki? The that's, sec- it, that, that, that's the second bomb then, isn't it? That, that, I'm not sure, and I'm not going to... The first one was Hiroshima, I think. Yeah, I think you might be right, but mm. don't quote us on that. So, in 1945, the US dropped uh, an atomic weapon on Nagasaki. Did that, did that end World War Two? Yeah, mm. it did. So was it a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, look, you have to say a bad thing. But what would have happened if they hadn't dropped? I don't know. Mm. You know what? I'll, I'll go even further. War is a bad, bad thing. Bad thing. Yeah, good point. And in 1965, I never knew this, Singapore became an independent nation when they separated from Malaysia. Did you know that I Singapore and Malaysia used to be the same did not know that. nation? But here's where it got interesting. They're one of the few countries in history who was actually thrown out of a federation. Malaysia threw Singapore out of the Federation. Wow. Usually you have to fight for independence. I mean, look at Ukraine. Yep. But no, nah, that happened in 1965. 1974, Richard Nixon, Watergate. Wow. On this day, August 9, 1974, he resigned of, uh, as president. Uh, some famous birthdays to finish this little segment. Cool. Off. Who have we got? Whitney Houston. Ah, uh, love her voice. That's her birthday, 1960. What a tragedy she died. You know when she, did, when she was born? Nope. 1963. Well, there you a go. vintage year. Uh, Barton Lynch, do you know who he is? I was wondering where the He rings did. a bell. Oh, yeah, big bell for me. Cricket. World champion, Aussie surfer. Surf, of course. He was born on this day in 1963. And the last one, Rod Laver. Tennis. He turns 83 today. There's a whole oval named after him in Victorian Melbourne. An oval, oval, huh? So that's what we call tennis courts now, ovals? Did I say oval? You did. You said there's a whole oval. <laughs> this is a, this is the guy who at times seeks to lecture me on rugby league, football and state of origin. Now we should and, work and, live. He, and, and, <laughs> and he calls the state of origin umpires, not referees. Umpires. You've done that. So when it comes to sport, be very careful, Hunty. But that's, that's this day in history, Hunty. It's a, uh, mm, kind of good. a, uh, a sad day and a good day. Mm. Um, what have we got we for got today? A, we got a great program, and as always, we've got our favourite segment, Ask the Aussie Pastor, where I love to see our. Have you got the phone numbers here? there? You're going to have to find them. <laughs> now you know I'm asking that because we're sitting in our car studio, and I'm betting. I got money that no, you're not allowed to bet. Of course, we don't gamble. Of course, I have the phone number ready. Yeah. Are you serious? Let me, let me and look at he's furiously, he's furiously <laughs> clicking away on his phone after a year and a half you, on radio trying try to find. Okay, let's see how he multitasks here. He's going to tell us about his guest, our yes, guest, while got, he's got the phone. We've got Harold Harker on again, and he's got a fabulous program for us. Maximilian Colby. It's a great story. It's actually one of the greatest stories in history, isn't it? This one. It and is. that phone number, if you want yes, to, if I've you got want, it. have we got the Aussie, ask the Aussie pastor? Of course we do. And if you two? want to send in your questions to us, yes, you can send them to us two ways. You can text them to us on 0488 880 or you can email well them to us, info at aussiepastor.com. Look, to be fair, you've got that down, Pat. 
After two years on radio, you know the address of the email. It's just the <laughs> it's just the phone number zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. You better have you like as the much rhythm? rhythm as a turtle. Oh, you still don't like the rhythm. Zero four double eight. Double eight zero eight five one. The point is, we would love, love to, to hear from your question. <laughs> and we welcome you to our program today. And you know what? Most of all, beyond everything else, we pray that you will see Jesus. We, we muck around a bit, mate. We do. But we're on a serious cause here. We are. We pray that you will see Jesus in what we share and what we do. Hunty, would you like to pray? Yes, of course. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for all the people listening to our program today. I'd like to pray for them, Lord. Please bring them peace. Please love them, wrap your loving arms around them so tight that they can feel your presence, Lord. And the rest of the afternoon, Lord, I pray for Pastor Lloyd, that you will bless him and that the things he teaches from the Bible will also be inspirational. I pray, Lord, in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This first song, Hunty. Oh, it's a ripper. It is a ripper, and it leads into the news segment after it. Um, it's called It Is Well With My Soul. Mm. The singers, they belong to a group called Rooted in Christ, and they're singing this song in three different, four different languages, English, yep. Spanish, yep. Russian, yep. and then Ukrainian. Oh, I like the Ukrainian. Hmm. And the reason these are young Ukrainian Christians, and the reason they're singing this song is because they want the world to know that with Jesus, no matter what's going down, no matter how good or bad the news is, it is well with their soul.
How beautiful were those young oh, people? Yeah, even in a foreign language, it's still beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy that. Um, you know what? I've got to be careful saying this. This this group is called Rooted in Christ. To me, they they look like they are Christians, but they very much look like Adventist young people. Did you know that our, our listeners might struggle, especially if they're not Adventists, but did you know that Adventists have a look? Really? Actually, they do. They do. I'm, I'm going to go even further. I'm going to lift this one a little higher. Yep. Christians have a look. Better, that's better. Well, both the same thing. Adventists, yes. Same thing. Yes. Um, my dad was getting off a plane in New Zealand, and he um, he didn't know who was picking him up. I don't know if you've ever done this, Hunty. <laughs> yeah. There's two or three hundred people in that airport or more. Yep. He picked the guy out. He picked the Christian guy out who'd come to get him just by the look on his face. <laughs> nice. There's a softness. There's a... Am I am I going too far? No, it's this? true. There's a it's purity in the true. look of those who follow Christ, and these kids, you know, they're Christians. They've got that beautiful look of of young people who follow Jesus Christ, and, and I, I, you can you can actually watch that song on YouTube, can't you? Yeah, absolutely can. Yeah, in fact, if 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 you're on YouTube and you, I'm going to say Google, but it's not it's search, you, isn't it? Yeah, into the search box. If you on YouTube, search, yeah, if you yeah. search for who, rooted, it is well with my soul, rooted in Christ, rooted in Christ. The group is actually up. called the group is actually called rooted in Christ. Yep. You'll get it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. A beautiful, beautiful song. Well, time for the news, hunty. It is time for the news. We've been on the road. Have you been keeping up with the news? Because I know that normally you set your television to, the, right. to the Today Show. That's right, and the 6 o'clock news. But you haven't been able to do Oh, you have. I have not, no. I thought you might have some system on your computer where you do that. Well, I do, but I've, I've been busy in the evenings, sleeping, three playing four, about. <laughs> three or four days ago or more now, we see the Palestinians... And the Israelis are at it again. Yeah, it's terrible. Did you know that, uh, and they've been fighting for years. Did you know that the Israelis and the Palestinians are actually blood brothers? Really? Children of Abraham. Oh, right. Yep. 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 They are children of Abraham. The same blood runs through their veins. Do you remember when we went to Israel a few years ago? I think it was 2019, just before COVID-19. Mm. And we had a driver, good guy, remember him? Oh, he was amazing. He's a Palestinian. Yep. I don't know whether you remember when I asked him this question. I said... If the Israelis were to give you hospitals and education and stopped um, um, building on Palestinian land, would there be peace? I remember you asking him that. You remember what he said? I'll never forget it because it burned into my brain. He said, no, they won't. I can never forget that. So even if you were to get education, the land that you've got is, is sure that, that no one's going to encroach on it. Um, you built hospitals and life was good, there still won't be peace between the Palestinians and the Israelis. You know what he said to me? What's that? Well, the Israelis have land in Palestine, which is all of Israel. Yep. There will never be peace. Now, before you think that I'm having a go at the Palestinians here, if you go and ask an Israeli the same thing, they kind of give the same answer. This is over land. Wow. And unless you're there, unless you understand that there's thousands of years, centuries of blood tied up in this, you never get the real sense of what's going on. Mm. And my heart broke when I was looking at this story and I saw two pictures. One was of a five-year-old Palestinian child who had just been killed Mm. from a missile strike. And the other picture, and so here she is, a little girl I think it was, in the arms of her father, a little lifeless body. 
Now, it doesn't matter whether you're pro-Israeli or pro-Palestinian or whether you're not involved in this conflict at all. That's going to impact you when you look at that picture. Mm. And then the picture of the father and the uncle mm. and the pain on their faces. Did you see it? Yeah. Indescribable. Indescribable. Yeah. I just thought to myself how blessed we are living in Australia, but what a terrible, terrible conflict this is. Yeah. Hey, Hunty, what about these tech scams? Tell us about oh, that. It's such a minefield. There are so many ways you can put your foot wrong on your phone these days, particularly if you have an Android phone. An Apple phone's only a tiny bit safer. But oh, so so we're going to have a we're getting into a, an <laughs> Apple via Android thing here, are we? Well, I'm not biased, but uh, <laughs> but the Apple phone security is far more impressive than the Android security. But anyway, uh, I know you're aware of this, listeners. You can get sent a text message from someone that appears to be your best friend. You, in good faith, click on the link that's provided and it ends you up in trouble. Just re- Is there danger just in clicking on the link on a scam text? Can never click on a link on a text you're not 100% certain of. If it comes from an unknown source or you're not 100% certain you know who it's come from, do not click the link because clicking the link often opens up your computer or your phone to all kinds of phishing attempts for usernames and passwords and banking I've done details. that, you know, before. I've clicked on the link. Oh. You know what I've done, Hunty, and this is really bad. I've actually stirred them up. <laughs> that sounds like fun. And you're saying don't do that, though. No, it's very dangerous because they can implant software onto your, onto your phone that listens and watches. And when you sign into your bank account next, it'll find that information, it'll email it to them, and then you'll find your account's drained. So what about this one? And this, this really happened to me the other day. And in this article, he's talking about these tech scams leeching billions out of Australia. Correct. It's terrible. One guy lost $2 million in one Really? Guy. What about this text I got the other day? Your St. George account is in arrears. Contact us immediately to fix it up. Okay, that's the most, that's the most juvenile and simple scam of the lot, but it catches so many people. So take heart, listeners. I better not, um, I better not, not admit that. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> laughing at you, but... If, if you've got a, a request from your bank and they say to you, look, you, you're in arrears or there's a problem and need you to check on something, just sign well, in here. they want you to sign in, don't they? they? Just sign in here to check a problem. You know you're not signing into your bank. You're signing into their computer and giving them your username and password. I would encourage listeners where possible to always take multiple authentication pathways, like a text to your phone or... A, well, what about just ringing up your bank? Yeah, your bank will never send you any kind of request that requires you to put your username and password in on a phone or an email or a computer. It might be fair to say not just your bank, no one you deal with, none of the utilities will ever do that. If you're being asked for a username and a password, you can be 99.9999, no, 100% sure. Actually, I have to interrupt there. Not 100% sure because I got a call from my bank once to talk to me about arrears legitimately, and they said we need to confirm it's you. I think I remember. And I I said, listen, you've called me on a private number. There is no way known I'm going to tell you anything over the phone, but I will call you back. So then I went, got the phone number of my bank, and I called them and said, 
I just received an alarming call. Was it you? And they said, yes, you're behind. Oh, so <laughs> you were in arrears. Yes. Is that because you're not paid enough? Or? No, what happened was they were taking, they started taking double mortgage payments out of my account and they drained it themselves. Oh, that's pretty important. That's pretty awful. So I know. So we fixed it. All good. What about the one, one last one on the scams, the tech scams? What about the, the tax one? What's that about? Oh. You know, well, they'll, they'll say, uh, unless you contact us, you'll, you, we, we've, we're going to put the tax department onto you and you could face jail or something Look, scary the, like that. The, the most hilarious ones, that, and I'm sorry, listen, if you've been scammed by this, but the most hilarious ones I, that get reported to me are email from the tax office saying, you, you owe us $200 and we'll happily accept it in iTunes vouchers or JB Hi-Fi vouchers. <laughs> Just send the details to this. <laughs> To this email, <laughs> there are poor people out there go to the store and buy the the iTunes card or the JB voucher, and they text off. It's, to the it's usually tax the office. you know. I mean this in no uh, disrespect at all because I actually understand. You and I are on the kind of the cusp of the computer generation. That's right. We were born without mobile phones and computers. Without computers, That's but right. in about year eight or nine, computers started to really come into the schools and so we, we kind of got caught in that first wave but our parents did well we we finished school in high school and graduated we had no computers and no internet until we'd been working for a while that's right so we wanted to find something out we had to go to the world book encyclopedia and you never used to bother. That's and that's, 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 <laughs> and that's how Andrew Hunt, I shouldn't say that on live radio. <laughs> Too much laughter at this program. We're I've gonna, watched, they're going to throw us off here. Let's go. I've watched my dad actually struggle with. Yes, my dad too. And my mum's not even in the game at all. But really? My, no, no. Mm. But you know, my dad's in a nursing home now, and I watched him. And you've you've been a part of teaching him how just to use a mobile phone, and mm. a tremendous mm. challenge that's been for him. Yeah, and he still can't do text. Yeah, or um, surf the internet on his phone. And I, I guess it's it's those sorts of people who weren't brought up in this technology to get mm. caught a lot mm. by these scams. I was at a relative's house the other day, and they were trying to make a phone call using the TV remote because it had a code pad on it. Yep. And I thought, oh, these poor old people, they just they just missed out. Yeah, they did. We'd be the same if mm. it, Well, I would be. You probably wouldn't, but I would be. <laughs> um, our last bad news one, Alex Jones. Did you read this? Now, this guy yes. is this guy's like uh, a very famous radio media personality in the United States of America. Yes. And what he did almost from day one is what he denied... Sandy Hook. Do you remember Sandy Hook? Yeah, the massacre where those poor, those poor little kitties That's got shot. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. And he denied it, said it was a scam. Well, eventually the parents, and it's taken them years to do it, yep. took him to court for libel. Yep. Uh, he lost that court case this week. Yep. Or last week, actually. 40, I think it was $45 million. Wow. Dollars. wow. Now, what he was saying was reprehensible. Horrendous, inexcusable. There's a but, but <laughs> you've got the but. Yep. And and I'm just wondering, is there a threat to free speech here, or did he get what he deserved? Well, I think it's now. Remember, this is just our opinion. It's, too. Yeah, our opinion, of course, as pundits. It's multi-level. Firstly, I have seen the disinformation and the deep fakes, and I have seen the conspiracy theory videos online. They make a very good case for Sandy Hook not being real. A very strong case. If you watch their videos with their deep fakes and recreations, you would be a hundred percent certain dangerous, that it never happened. Really, it's very dangerous. But computers and and editing all kinds of special effects now are so advanced 
that we can put your head on someone else's body and make you say whatever we like. Mm. And this guy got conned. So he was probably in all good faith really believing that there was some kind I don't of know. I don't know. A I, false I, flag being raised no, by the he, government. He didn't get conned. You think he's just a rat bag? <sighs> well, I wouldn't say that. Especially not on live radio. <laughs> no, not a good call on live but radio. The, the court case made it very clear that he was part of the problem. And so much so that he's liable for what he said to the tune of 45 million. I'll tell you what worries me. Yep. Yes, the fakes and the conspiracy theories are out there everywhere. And if you know me, Hunty, I'm not into conspiracy no. theories. In fact, not I think they hurt and they damage the gospel. They and don't. often they damage the cause of Jesus Christ. And I have to fight conspiracy theories even within my own church denomination. Mm. They're there. Yep. Most churches' denominations have them, so I'm really against it. But there's kind of a little uneasiness inside of me when free speech... Whether it's good or bad, mm. yep. when speech is, I don't even... Well, there's two things about free speech. Firstly, if I thought for a second this guy knew the real truth, I would be condemning it a thousand miles an hour. But, the, but that's free speech. But, well, no, the, free speech isn't really a free speech. Let me tell you, if you're in a, a movie cinema right now and you yell out, fire, 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 and everyone jumps up to run out, and some little kid gets trampled on the way out. So is that how you see this? I'm just saying, is it free speech if some idiot stands up and calls fire when there's no fire? It's their right, it's free speech, and someone dies. Idiot? Um, that that might be... Oh, another strong. bad word for live radio? Yeah, it's another bad word. <laughs> some crazy I dude. I didn't do theosaurus, listeners. <laughs> some crazy, crazy dude stands up. Um, yeah, okay, I get your point. But I'm just saying, so, free is speech... Is that how you see Alex, this Alex Jones situation? Well, I, I'm going to put an AB switch on this. If he knew that he was he was perpetrating a lie, then he deserves the fine. If he, in all good faith, thought he was following the evidence, then $45 million in his free speech being smacked, mm -hmm. I think, is out of line. I think my view is the fine was warranted. Okay. He caused enormous pain. Agreed. For the families. Agreed. Without checking out the details properly and perhaps even being a part of the scam. If he was and part that, of the scam. And that came out then, in the court case. Then. Um, mm. The other thing is, though, I am a little hesitant to see people's views in such trouble even when they're reprehensible. I don't know. It's it's a hard one that one. We value it? free speech so we, highly. We, don't do. we? we do. Especially if you mm. follow Christ. Yeah. Because we have been a people who for two millennia have often had our free speech stifled. Yep. Uh so yeah. And there's more ahead. One more story, and it's good news, Hunty. Oh, good. Can you believe that the Barrier Reef now has 38% more reef than it did a year ago? That or is two? fantastic. Yeah, so there you go. The Barrier yep. Reef is... So next time, we're we going to go up there sometime? Love to. Going to do some television up can there? We go, can we go when it's not raining and wintry? Oh, I'll tell you. Well, that's a good time to go, man, <laughs> oh, is because it? it's cooler up there, oh, okay. but it's still old enough for us to swim. Yeah, he says that because I tell you what, on this trip back from Perth, we've had a tailwind that's followed us with rain and blustery conditions. How cold would it be at night here? It's been down below nine, probably down to zero. And that 
That's without the windshield factor, isn't it? Was, it? it was three or four the other night, and then you add 100 kilometre an hour winds to that. It's been quite, it's really miserable. quite brisk. It's, it's, it's miserable, I like yeah, that. miserable, miserable. <laughs> but anyway, look, when you, when you see, you know, trouble between the Israelis and the Palestinians, when you see people losing millions, billions of dollars through tech, sc- tech scams, when, when you see people hurting others like Alex Jones did, when you even see our reef under the pressure it is, hunty, I think we can see these things as signs of the times we can look up, man. Mm. And I think we need to look up. You know what I mean when you know what I mean when I say look up for Jesus, don't I? Absolutely. I'm saying get into your Bibles. If you've never been in your Bibles before, get into your Bibles. If you never prayed before, start talking to Jesus. Get to know him because soon Jesus You know what direction he's gonna come from, huh? The east. Yep. Soon Jesus will come from the east and he will save the world from all these terrible things that we're experiencing today. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This next song I stand amazed. It must be one of my favourites, I reckon. Mm, good song. I love this song. Yeah, and me you know, too. This is sung by song this is sung, sung, not song, sung, yeah, sung. by songs of praise. Yep. You know who they are? I asked you that question once before because this is not the first time I've put this song on. I don't know whether our listeners realise, but I've got some favourite songs I, I, I like to repeat yes. rather regularly. I do love Songs of Praise. Songs of Praise. It's a BBC program out yep. of Britain, and this is them together for a great big celebration, maybe three, four, five thousand 5,000 people in this huge, huge amphitheatre. Mm-hmm. And they sing this song. It's a beauty, hunty. Yep. I'm not, it's live radio. Am I allowed to sing along with this? Do you? I've got the mute button. You got the mute button. I have, but the mute button. Sing to your heart's content, brother. Hit the mute <laughs> button, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it.
bit of song, that one, Hunty. Beautiful, I love it. I think it might be our theme song, The Amazing Love of God. Well, today we've got Harold Harker back. I want to welcome you to the program again today. How are you, Harold? I'm doing fine, Lloyd, and it's great to be with you again. Now, this story is a beauty because it's, it doesn't really come from the Reformation times. It, it's a, I, I guess you could say it's a reasonably modern story about a man by the name of Maximilian Colby. And a lot of you might recognise the story as it unfolds. Tell us, Harold, when and where was Maximilian Colby born? Well, he was a Polish guy, so he was born in the town of Strakonin in Poland, and it was 1894. That was 20 years before the First World War. Now, initially, his name wasn't Maximilian. Is that right? No. When he was born, he was given the name Raymond. Okay. Now, I don't want to jump too far ahead in the story, but after he becomes a priest, that's when his name would have changed, I guess. That's right. So he, beca- he, he, he goes to school, as kids did back then, probably reasonably well-educated. He finishes school. I've kind of let the cat out of the bag. What did he become, and why did he become one? Well, when he was just 12, he had a vision, he says, of the Virgin Mary, and he says, okay, I will give my life to God, and then he enrolled as a priest and studied further. And while he was studying to be a priest, he did a, a degree a PhD in philosophy, so he was extremely well-educated. Mm. Now, now we're, we're Protestants, and, uh, of course, we don't, as Adventists, we believe that Mary, Jesus' mother, has been dead uh, for, for near on 2,000 years, Harold, but I think the point is that he thought that he had a call, and he responded, he becomes a priest, and as it later becomes very, very clear, this is this is a fine-living, good Christian man, despite the differences we might have with him theologically, doctrinally. Right. Well, when someone becomes a priest, they often change that. They take a name, just like the Pope's take a name, and he took the name Maximilian at that stage, and he just lived the best as he could to his knowledge. Yeah, that's right. Now... What was the fate of his father in World War I? Because I find this really awful, actually. Well, he would have been just 20, and his father was grabbed by the authorities. Remember, uh, Poland was had some uh, patriots, and they had others, and because he would have been fighting for, for Poland, the German authorities would have said, hey, this is a traitor, and they hanged his father as a traitor. Mm, that that's a very sad story. That actually, um, so and, and you would be known that way. That would uh, that would follow you and your family for a long time after it. Yeah, yeah. So he's a priest and he decides to become. Well, he's called to be a missionary. Where does he go? Well, he was called to go to the east, and he went as a missionary to China and on to Japan. Okay. Do we know much about that part of his life? No, we don't hear too much, but he must have been there for uh, 10 or a dozen years, I'd say. So he comes back from his missionary journeys to Poland in 1939. I mean, you, you think his father's story is bad. Yeah. This is, a, this, is, this is a very sobering story. In 1939, what happens to him that changes his life irrevocably? Well, 1939, Hitler invades Poland and Britain declares war. The Second World War is going and the Germans were lining up and, and arresting all the Poles they thought would be in uh, a problem to them. And this guy, for some reason, 
he's arrested and he's sent off to a concentration camp. And it was the worst one you can possibly think of, Auschwitz. Now, have you, have you been to Auschwitz? I know you've travelled a lot, Harold. Have you been there? I've been to a couple of other concentrations, but not to Auschwitz. Do you remember, and I know I, I'm digressing a little bit here, but do you remember that when you, when you took a, a group of pastors, and I was one of them, to Europe, and we were in Germany, and you took us to Dachau. Now, these pastors, I don't know whether you remember, but we just talk and yap our way, way right around Europe. I mean, when you get a group of pastors together, they really do talk a lot. Sure. But on this particular morning, we get up and you told us you're taking us to Dachau, which was a sister concentration death camp of the Nazis. I remember sitting in that bus on the way to Dachau. I can't remember exactly how long it was, maybe an hour or two. And there was complete and total silence in that bus. It was a very sobering experience to go to Dachau. Anyone who goes there, they often don't talk for a while after. It's extremely sobering. It is. So he didn't go to Dachau. He goes to Auschwitz, which has got the, the, the reputation being the very, where, where millions, I mean, it's got a terrible reputation. Millions and millions of Jews and others were killed at Auschwitz. Um, what would life have been like for him there? It was terrible. Everyone who goes in gets a number. You're not a name anymore. You've lost your identity. You're just a number and you answer to that number. And he would have been there doing the work that he had to. I guess he was in there for about two years uh, as a prisoner in Auschwitz. Okay, well, in 1941 in Auschwitz, the prisoner escaped, which, which was no mean feat. The Nazis, the German commandant, the, the, the soldiers, the guards, they didn't like it. What did they do? Well, they wanted to make this a real big thing, and so they call everyone out on parade, so the whole, all the prisoners are lined up, and the commander just points to ten of these guys and says, you guys are going to die, step forward. And these 10 step forward, and they know that within a week or two, they're going to be dead. So these 10 men are the sacrifice. They're the, they're the price for this other man escaping, is that? And that's to, right. to yep. discourage other prisoners from doing the same thing, is that right? Correct, yeah. Now, one of them's not happy. In well, fact, one of them's very unhappy that he's been selected. Well, this guy was 47 years of age. He was a uh, Franciscan, was his first name, and he calls out, my wife, my children, and uh, he's just distraught that he's going to die and leave his family alone. Maximilian Colby, the priest, is watching this. What does he do? Well, he was one of the prisoners, and he uh, steps forward and asks the commander, can I speak? And he gives him permission, and he says, I want to take his place. And the commander said, okay, you can take his place. And Francisca goes back to join the other uh, prisoners. So, in a sense, Maximilian Colby does the Jesus here, doesn't he? He does. He steps in and takes the place of another man condemned to death. Tell us, what happened to Maximilian Colby and the other nine prisoners after that? Well, they were all put in a very small room with practically no water and no food, and within 10 days, the other nine had all died. So how do you be in a small room having nine guys die all around you? And then the guards said, hey, we want this room. We've got to get rid of this guy. So they give him a lethal injection of carbolic acid. Of course, he dies like that. Um, Hunty, carbolic acid, is that car battery acid? Oh, or? I don't know, but I'd certainly mess you up. Yeah, 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 okay. 
is he is he was he remembered by the guy who his place he took? Well, he actually Franciscan. He lived for an additional fifty four years after that. Wow! And every year, Francisca would go back to Auschwitz and he would say, "My Savior, He saved my life," and he did that on a yearly basis to remember the guy that gave his life for him. Nice. I remember seeing a picture of it's Francisca. Is that right? Yeah. I remember seeing a picture of him and his family and his grandchildren and his great and great grandchildren. And there's a great group of people there, maybe 50, 60 or more, that would not have been there if it hadn't been for the sacrifice of Maximilian Colby, who gave his life up so that he and his family could live. Um, is, do you think there's anything we can learn from this story today, Harold? Well, Jesus said, greater love has no man then one would lay down his life for his friends. I think of Maximilian, who gave his life that someone else could live 54 years. And that would have been great because he, he got to, in his 90s when Franciscan died, but what about someone who would die for you to give you a life that would go for 10,000 times 10,000 and go on infinity for as long as you like? And Jesus gave his life for me and for you, that we can live forever. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in some ways Maximilian's Colby story, his his story mirrors a little bit the story of Jesus, doesn't Both men gave up their lives so that others could live. And, and a beautiful story, Harold. Thank you. It is, except Jesus gave his life while we were still his enemies. That's right. That's right. Beautiful. Now, Harold, uh, you're going away for a while, is that right? Yeah, I'm called to go out to uh, Lord Howe Island and care for the church for three weekends. So that might be the last story we hear from you. For uh-huh. a, yeah, it is all, isn't it, for a few weeks. <laughs> but we look forward to hearing from you when you come back, Harold. Stay safe. Uh, have a great journey. Uh, well, all the best to you. I'll look forward to being with you again. Thank you. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. That's a good story. Yes. Amazing sacrifice. It always moves me, that story. Yeah, me too. Always moves me. Uh, he may not have followed God like you or I do. It doesn't matter. There's no doubt with his actions. Mm. You know, this man was a disciple of Jesus, yep. and he stepped up, and he paid the price. Yep. And a modern story too, mate. Yes. We've never had one of them. That's our first from Harold. Yeah, it is. I wonder mm. whether he's got some more. Very, very interesting. This next song, Tell the Mountain, from my favourite Academy, Hunty. Do you remember who they are? Yes, uh, Fountain I, View. Oh, I've got to be careful <laughs> saying that. Because actually in our own church, Mountain View, similar to Fountain View, is that what it's called now? We do have a Mountain View Christian Academy next to is us. Is that what it's called? I'm sure. It's owned by the Adventist Church, though. It's good. Mountain View. You're talking about Sydney here? I'm talking about our, our um, one of our musicians. Is the principle, yes. is it of Mountain View or has it got another name? Hunty's going to check I'll that Google and come it. back. He's going to come back on yeah. that. But this song, Tell the Mountain, by Fountain View Academy in Canada, it's a beauty. I love it and I think you're going to enjoy it. In the foothills of sorrow Looking up from the valley of fear You can see doubt off in the distance 
And you're about to lose heart right here But don't ever give in, don't ever give up God is with you Yes. I love that song. Beautiful but song. But did you go and Google, is it Mountain View, <laughs> Adventist College? Are there stripes on a zebra? <laughs> yeah, of course you did. So, uh, it used to be called Doonside Adventist That's School. why. That's why I wasn't sure. But it's now Mountain View Adventist College, and our good mate, Mr. Erwin Stain, is the principal. Actually, he's more than our good mate. He's a treasured member at New Hope. And yeah, absolutely. He's he's one of the and key... you could not find a better place to send your kids. If you're in northwest Sydney, you need to check it out. Ah, what about the other one that, uh... Oh, uh, another great Adventist College in <laughs> Northwest Sydney. <laughs> you really, if you have kids that age, you need to really check it out. Kellyville? Another great Adventist school in the Northwest part of Sydney. <laughs> oh dear, you're going to get yourself into trouble. No, seriously listeners, the Seventh Adventist school system is fantastic. We should get one of their, um... We should. One of their... we, we had Erwin on once, I think. Mm. Did your kids go to Adventist schools? Yes. Wouldn't okay. have had any other way. I had my youngest daughter, something happened at school, and she went to, uh, what's the school at Kellyville called again? Oh, do you Google that in the next ad break? <laughs> you know what? When you're doing live radio, it yep. can be pretty hard, can't it? 
um, Hills I'm, Adventist there College. There you go. I and just... I didn't Google it either. That <laughs> came to my head. Well done. She went to Hills Adventist College, which is in Cali, well, kind of North Caliville. Great school. But for some reason, she decided to, she didn't want to go any longer. She swapped school. She lasted one week at the other school and she was back again. Wow. Yeah, because you know what? The Adventist school system is good. Hey, it did you hear good. that bird outside? Yes, that's because that's we're in the great outdoors. <laughs> we're tenty. We're in a caravan park. <laughs> but We're not in a beautiful studio with air conditioning and lighting and power uh, and desks. A lot of the Christian schools, not just the Adventist ones, but the Christian schools in Sydney are really good. They are. We have another guy who attends our church who's a principal of a just a, a generic Christian school, and it's a ripper. It is. Is that the one just uh, near where you used to live? No, that's no, a different one. Well, anyway, anyway, moving on. Christian schools Ask are good. Aussie, they are. <laughs> yeah. Long live Christian schools. They, they give our kids a real chance of knowing Jesus. Um, Ask the Aussie pastor. Yes, it's time for one of my favourite segments. <sighs> did are we, you ready? Did we get any questions in today? Yes, we've got one, two, three, four, five. Okay. I should have promoted the phone number more time, shouldn't I? I've only promoted it once this that, time. That first question, I know where that comes from. Jesus. Pretty close to home, actually. Well, let, me read, let me read it out for our listeners. Yep. Should we obey the law when it's a stupid law? No, I didn't write that. No, stu- he, no, no. Stupid is a good word. No, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a real question. Comes in from a girl who with her husband yes. is going to go to Fraser Island. Okay. And she says, because she opened up about this. Yep. But she sends it in. Yep. She says, look, we get up to Fraser Island and they're closing all these tracks down. Now we can get onto the tracks. I don't know how they do that, hunty. Do you? Yes. Apparently they can still. If you own a four-wheel drive, there's many ways. Well, apparently they can still get onto the tracks. But she said it's such a stupid, stupid thing. These silly laws. I said, write the question, and she writes it in. Yep. Should we obey the law when it's a stupid law? What do you reckon, Hunty? Are there stupid laws out there? Can I I'll tell you what? Yes. Going across the Malabar doing 110. Oh, that's a stupid law. Oh man, it was slow. We could have done 200. No one would have cared. No, but we didn't. Would have cost us more in fuel. Actually, one of our drivers is three of us got booked. Yes, and it wasn't you and it wasn't me. No, it was the other guy. The other guy. And the was, guy who normally drives the slowest. He was unlucky too. He was just yes. going down a hill and, and the car yep. kind of crept on him. It was yep. in a snuck 50, yeah, 50 snuck zone, 60. wasn't it? 60? It might have 50. been done for 67 or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very sad. I um, saw the flash. Yeah, we did. It made me made me, uh, made me sad too. I, don't want, I was going to say angry, but he's not allowed to say that, eh? Can no, we, Christians can't get angry. No, they because can't. We can be indignant. Well, in, I think we can, there is such a thing as righteous anger. So I said righteous indignation, yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, back to the question. Should we obey the law when it's a stupid law? Mm. Well, I've got my opinion on this. Mm. Dare I, I? I don't know whether we want to hear it. Yeah. Go on. Well, there was a terrible fire in a tunnel. I think it was in Switzerland a long time ago. I think you need to be very, very careful here. Do I? Yes. Well, the sign said remain in vehicle at all times mm. and wait for assistance from the operators. But when the smoke and the fire came up the tunnel, people sat in their cars obeying the signs. Have I made a mistake? I don't know whether that's in the spirit of what this question no, is. No, it's not in the spirit, but that's me always I, looking for the exception. I think <laughs> what we're looking at is say, when you, so let, let's, go, let's take this to you, Emily. We went to Fraser Island. Yes. This is where this girl was talking Uh-oh. about. And the entire, no, not really, you did the right thing. I bet I'm not, not, not willingly. No, but the entire <laughs> north of Fraser Island was blocked off. Was, and you showed was. me how you could have got around, yes. and you didn't. That's because you encouraged me gently not to. <laughs> <laughs> should we obey those sorts of laws? Of course. Of we course. should? Yes. We're good Christians. We're into run down to Caesar things that are Caesar's and follow all the laws of the land. Even if we think it's a silly law. Sadly, yes. Okay. 
I think that's probably the. But same. you're the you're the obviously pastor. It's your call. Well, it was Jesus who said, "Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's." There you go. There you go. And I tend to go with him. Mm, Jesus will do. In fact, I'll go even further. I would obey any law unless it stepped across my relationship with Jesus Christ, hmm. because there is a greater law, and that's the law of the Lord Jesus Christ. But other than that, I would attempt. Notice I said attempt because I'm thinking of <laughs> I'm thinking of when you're in your car. But yes. I would attempt to obey the law of the land in all cases unless it challenged my relationship and standing with God. Yep. Then I would always put God. What, what does the Bible say? Rather, the disciples said we'd rather obey God than man. Yes. But on these little laws which are irritating, I tend to try and do the right thing, yep, mate. We should. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Good question, listener. All right. Okay. Oh, I'm very sorry for this next listener. My marriage is in trouble, and I don't know how to fix it. I reckon a lot of people get into a place like that. Hmm. What would your advice be, Hunty, if your mate came to you and said that? Has it gone past the point of no return? Because there's a switch that flicks over in people's heads who've put up with lie after lie or mess after mess. At some point, a switch flicks in their head, and there's almost no bringing them back. Well, marriage is a holy thing. Yes, Invented, designed, created by God. Yes. And nobody is. Marriage is between one man and one woman, and it's meant to be intimate. It's a special relationship that God made especially for humans. Yep. And the Bible actually says straight out, and it's very, very clear that God hates divorce. Yep. So if your marriage is in trouble, I would say two things. Number one, get help, get help fast. Yep. Men especially don't want to get help, hunty. Yeah, Don't hesitate to go to a find a good Christian marriage counsellor. That would be my first yes bit of advice. Yes, get help. What would be your second part piece? Have you got any always, hunting or not? Always turn to Jesus. Yeah, I'm no marriage in, pr- ca- in prayer and ask Him with your whole heart and soul, dear Lord. If it's your will for me to make this work, please help me to find the love that we once had. I, I reckon some of the best marriage counselling I've ever given, and I'm so not a marriage counsellor. Yep. If you can get both the husband and the wife to pray for each other. Wow, that's a good to idea. To bring God into the into the mix. I like that. It can be very, very powerful. And so if your marriage is in trouble... Hunty's right. If you're the husband, pray for your wife. Yep. If you're the wife, pray for your husband and do it individually. Pray, bring prayer into the scenario. Then if you can get, now this is not always possible, but if you can get together enough where you can kneel down and pray for each other, it'll be kaboom. Mm, mm. You will see enormous things happen and you'll see incredible healing. There are very few things that with Jesus Christ the marriage can't be healed of. Hunty? Yep. Yep. I knew a guy once, seriously. Yep who committed adultery on his wife. Yep. He was a pastor. It was a serious, serious, serious thing that he did. Yep. But both he and his wife loved the Lord. And you say, well, what did he do going doing that if he loved the Lord? Well, sometimes men fall. Christians aren't perfect. Just no, they're not. Mm. They're not. But he loved the Lord, and he still loved his wife, and his wife loved him, and she went through so much hurt and so much pain. But together with Christ... Notice that? Praying for each other. If you can, stunning, worshipping with each other in the Bible. Just read the Bible together and pray. Yep. And getting to it, he went to a, they went to a really good Christian counselor. Today, I don't reckon I know anyone with a stronger marriage than this couple. Wow. 
So that's the, the power of prayer. It is, and there's mm. no doubt that Jesus can make a difference in your marriage, but I can't stress the counselling enough either. Correct. And get a Christian counsellor. Christian counsellor, yeah. Pro- probably not the best advice in the world, but it's the best I've got for someone who's in mm. trouble with their marriage. Yeah, we'll, and we'll pray after the program, just then we'll pray for you as well, Pastor Lord, and I'll pray. Mm. All righty, <clears throat> next question. Oh, dear. My son's into pornography. How can I help him? Well, I've often said to you, Hunty, praise God that we live today and not, yeah. you know, that computers and the access to pornography that they have today wasn't available to us in our day. Mm. Mm. Um, I remember when I was at high school, one page of a, of a girly magazine floated around the entire school from locker room to locker room, and that's pretty much all I saw in my entire childhood. wasn't bombarded with it on the screen every day. Mm-hmm. I think you can thank God for that. Mm. Um it's a pretty hard one, that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it depends... Does the son know you know? I mean... It, 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 well, that's true. I don't know. Is it does, does doesn't just, say. My son, so this mother or father, does the child know that that you've caught and, them? And, and how old is the son? Yeah. Because that determines how you deal with Correct. this. Correct. If you have a 11 or 12-year-old or... Time I, I heard the internet. a 10-year-old the <laughs> oh, other dear. day caught in it. Oh, dear. Yeah, then you just cut the internet. But if you don't have... If you don't have yeah. that sort of authority over 15, 16, 17, 18 year old, it starts to get difficult. You know, first thing to do, pray. Yes, I was thinking that actually. Pray. Yep. Um, if they're young, then you probably do need to protect them and take some yep. uh, physical, dis- physical steps to remove. Yeah. I, I don't say disciplinary action, but certainly talk to them and, yep. and remove the temptation. If they're older, man, I think all you can do is talk to them about it, share with them the dangers. And offer to get them some, again, I, I, I don't, don't like to constantly go here, but it's important. You need to go and get some counselling. Correct. Good thing here in Sydney, um, the Blacktown Drop-In Centre. Yep, ADRA. Mm, mm-hmm. ADRA Blacktown Drop-In Centre. Mm. If you live in northwest Sydney, you can actually take your child there and they will point you in the right direction. Yeah, ADRA, Adventist Development Relief Agency. It's right at the train station at Blacktown, easy to find. It's a drop-in centre, isn't it? It's a drop-in centre. They do all kinds of counselling and, and referrals. Yeah. They, even, even have a food bank and a clothing bank. Yeah, they do. But certainly they have good counselling. And if they don't specialise in that counselling, they'll get. They'll mm. send you to somewhere that does. Mm. Uh, and if you don't have a lot of money, they'll they'll help you out mm. there too. Mm. So they're not going to charge you a fortune. I mean, in the fact, things, they're, they're free. They are free. I'll, I'll say it. Yeah. The counselling is free. And so it, I would suggest uh, get some Christian counselling, pray for them. And, and then it depends on their age, hunty, on what you can do. I mean, education is a big thing. I mean, if, if you can just take this child to the internet and take them through the educational uh, information that's there that explains to them how they will damage their marriage, how they'll damage their sex life, how they'll damage their relationships by getting early into pornography, how they even damage their, their ability to work, uh, their, their lust for life and their drive. Lust for life. I'm not sure that's a good word. No. Their passion. desire, their passion. zest. It actually, it zest actually, for life. it actually locks them in a room with no desire to get out and about in the fresh air or achieve anything. It's actually very, very soul destroying. So even if you take your child to the internet and just walk them through the many places that provide education, that's a start. Is it true that on the internet, just about all, uh, progress on how websites work and are developed comes from the pornography industry? Well, the pornography led the charge because before YouTube, they were the first people who figured out how to put video on the internet. 
and we had crazy things, crazy apps and crazy... Is it true that they're getting into, um, what do you call these? 3D virtual reality. So yes, if you like, you can purchase a virtual headset and your friend or partner or whoever in the next room, the next suburb, the next town, the next state, country or any part of the world and you can can have relations virtually. Okay. What a world we live in, mate. Indeed. Um, so yeah, if you can get help, if I'll take it, get help. Sooner the better. Get counselling and prayer. I mean, I wish I wish I had better answers for some of these, but they take me out of my area of expertise a bit. Mm, me too. How are we going, man? And also very difficult subjects. Oh, what this, else? This next question. Ugh. My daughter's 15 and okay. she's refusing to go to church. Should I make her? Ah, uh, boy. Oh, make. That's a strong word. Make her. And 15. What a struggle. What a struggle of an age to have a daughter at. I had two. <laughs> um, yeah, me too. Um, again, <laughs> I'm a bit lost for words on some of this. Should I make her? It depends. Probably not. So let them sit at home and watch cartoons on TV while you're at church? No, but 15 years of age. It, I've got two daughters. Are what? you legally allowed to leave a 15-year-old at home alone? I'm sure. I don't know, but I wouldn't think it's a problem. It's a 12 and above. Thousand, thousands of parents leave their kids home at 15, I can assure you. Okay. Um, so I don't even want to go into that. Okay, I'm not fine. saying you should or you shouldn't. <laughs> Hunty's leading us off down a garden path. I am path going there. wrong garden path. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> look, I'd talk to her, firstly. I'd try and find a church, a Christian church with youth that she's happy to go to. I don't think I could force my 15-year-old daughter to go to church. It's so counterintuitive to, is it, I use the right word mm. there, to what, mm. how Jesus works. Mm. And that's where it gets really important to make sure that we bring our kids up in Christ and that we've got them in a place when it comes to church they want to be. And that can be hard, especially if you live in the country and there's only one church in your town. Mm. It can be really hard. Um, but if you if you can train your child up, to appreciate Christ and the, the the joy of serving him, it helps a lot. But there is no easy answer to that. And, and talk, the best answer is pray. Pray for your course, daughter and talk and try and persuade them. But uh, I don't like the word force. But, but try, and, try and discover, too, if there are any impediments you can solve. See, here in Australia, we wear school uniforms to school. So Saturday becomes a fashion parade where the poor people are exposed those who can't afford expensive clothes are exposed. And sometimes the issue why oh, your daughter doesn't want to go to church is because she doesn't have the best shoes, the newest iPhone, the prettiest dress, the, the, the most accessorized handbag. You, you might be able to find a reason to, to why she's so keen to stay home. So, so talk. Talk with her. Oh, yeah. It's a hard one, mate. I, I, I don't Terribly really, hard. really. But sorry to, sorry to hijack you. You were saying that really take it to God in prayer. Yeah. I Look, to be honest, two of my children don't follow Christ as I might want, and it's painful for me to acknowledge that, and I try to bring them up in him. Um, one of my daughters left at around about 15 hunty and has never come back mm. to church. And so this is close to home, and if I had the answer my daughter would be at church. Yep. And really what I've done is I've retired back to Jesus. I've spent a lot of time in prayer about it, and I still pray for her every day, And, and but I've never tried to force her. Mm. 
I can't see how forcing a 15-year-old no. kid to church is going to achieve anything. And I'm going to keep praying for my girl until there's no breath left in my body. And if yep. I'm if I'm half conscious and she's still not following Christ and I'm lying on my deathbed dying, I'm praying for her. Mm. I will not mm. stop. I will relentlessly pray for her because every time I pray for her, the Holy Spirit goes to talk to her. Yes. I know that. Yes. And so I'm yep. praying for her. And, and I think praying for them, gently trying to persuade them, don't force. I I I think you got a better chance of Jesus getting the victory. Mm. Okay. All right. Last question. Boy, we've had some tough questions today, mate. Yeah. Will China defeat America and bring down Western civilization? It's a good question. It's a great question, especially I, I what's think, going on in the set China set at the moment. I think that's probably in the light of Bible prophecy. Right. Um. Western civilization led by America is defeating itself. We've we've never been so morally corrupt, mm. um, yep. s- sexually, politically, um, in every single aspect of life. Western civilization is sick, mm. so it's bringing itself down. But it's one thing to be sick spiritually. Are we still powerful? And I'll say we. I'm talking about Western civilization, which is led by America. Yeah, we are. Yep. We've probably never been militarily more powerful than we are today. Yep. Um, as I look at, if I was just looking at this and I wasn't a Bible student, I would say Western civilization collapsing and the likes of Russia and China will take it out. Yep. That's what it looks like. But I'll tell you something, Hunty, it's not. Uh, the Bible's very clear that the United States of America play a very important role in end-time prophecy and would compel the world to fall down and worship the first beast. And if you've got no idea what I'm talking about, Hunty, yes. from next week onwards we're going to do a little Bible study series on these prophetic events at the end of time. Remind yes, me. Yes, I remind and you. We're going to look at American Bible prophecy. So we're trying to bring uh, America down, not a chance. We're yeah. Russia? No yeah. way. Am I pro-American? No. Well... I love America. I trained there. I got a lot of American friends. I do love America as well. Yeah. Mm, so you could place. say oh, I've got a bias to America, but I understand what America is at the end of time, and I, and I know that America isn't necessarily the good guys. Right. But China and Russia will not take her down. In fact, it's quite the opposite. You're going to see America, and this is in the this is kind of in in the face of modern commentary these days. Mm, mm. You'll see America rise and will crush these nations that stand up against her, not because they're in the right. But Bible prophecy says it. Yep. So uh, what? Where are we? Well, that brings us to the to the end of Ask the Aussie Pastor. They hard questions today. They were very hard, hard questions. On the road, hunty. Yes. Can we have some easy ones? <laughs> Could you ask our listeners to send easy ones next week? To be truthfully honest, listeners, if I get a chance, I always pick the hardest ones first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of feel like we're sitting in this car in front of this fence. Where are we? We're in Sejuna. We're right on the beach. In Sejuna. We've got a sandbank behind us. Yeah. And a cyclone fence in front of us. We're in a caravan park and it looks like it's going to rain. So if you heard the dogs barking a few minutes ago, listeners, it was some dogs walk past Man, while we were recording. Dogs barking, there's people. Because we are, past. we are literally sitting in our car. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I hope we answered those questions all right today because mm. there's some hard ones. Anyway, Humpty. Thank you, listeners, and we'll move on. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hunty, I think we need to lighten things up a bit. Okay, good. Yeah. This uh, <laughs> this song by Signature Sound, who 
actually is one of my favourite oh, groups of all time. Ernie Huss. Yes. Don't know whether I said his name right, but anyway, they really know how to sing. And this is a very happy song yep. about, and, and I've played this one before too. You're going to hear it again, listeners, today, and I promise you it won't be the last time you'll hear it on my show, our show, Hunty, either. That's right. Um, but this show, my this show, this <laughs> song, My Heavenly Father Watches Over Me, it's a beautiful song, and they sing it in a really positive way. Trust in God Wherever I may be Upon the land Or on the stormy sea sea. There come what may That song, Hunty? Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, it moves along pretty well, that one. Um, we have a big, big... Can you hear that dog in the background? That's all right. We're in a caravan park with dogs. 
So we're allowed to have that on we're live radio. That, we're allowed to have that on live radio. What else can we do? Should I put my window up? But if I put my window no, up, then we'll get got, hotter. Yeah, we've got no air. That's right. Uh, um, uh, enjoy, enjoy the native sounds, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Living in Australia, live radio from the caravan park in Sejuna, right on the beach. If we told them what Speedo caravan expense. park, do you reckon we'd get a discount on the? Because they put the, they put it up on they you. Put didn't the they put the rent up on us between night one and night two. Because we're here they, for three nights. They put it up $9. You weren't happy about that, No, were you? not happy. Um, we got a very special Saturday. Yes. Sabbath. Sabbath. Adventist we call, we call um, Saturday Sabbath this week. Our church began in March 2015. Would you like to know? It was actually the 28th of February 2015. Oh, okay. So I'm out a week. Only a week. Okay. But I, I really got to tell you this as I enjoy that. Okay, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> it's having no impact on me whatsoever. Well, there's, um, more, there's more. So we started in February. Yep. But before we started, we were given the task by the organisation yep. that runs yep. the churches in Sydney, the Adventist churches, to go to the northwest of Sydney and start a church. One of the problems we're having was finding a venue, because even to this day we don't worship in our own church, do we? That's right. So we, we visited councils, we went to community halls, we scoured we even the looked, suburbs. We, we even looked, remember we found that room next to the swimming pool? In the, in the swimming centre, yeah, they, was, they have a function room there. Where was that, the swimming centre? That's the ponds. The, the, ponds. the ponds. Yeah, very, very Actually, nice. Actually, it was really quite a nice... Very, very nice. We'd love to have a In retrospect, there. it would never have fitted us, though. No, and it would have been a zoo, having all those kids going for swimming classes Sabbath morning. And, and we were supposed to spend six months getting ready... To launch this church, and I think we spent about four weeks. Well, we... yes, but I think you and I spent six months searching for a venue. Well, so I remember, I remember adding up the kilometres and thinking, we have done some miles, more than we've done this time from Sydney to Perth, yes, and back to Sydney, I think it was about twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Oh, Two thousand. That's what, that's might, a, might have got extra zero on the end there. <laughs> we just had a, a wonderful. You, you just, now you see what I work with, listeners. I think, I think we the, I think ex, the hyperbole, the exaggeration. <laughs> I remember. I remember locking it in my head as two thousand something. So probably it was a lot of miles, well, and yeah, we visited a lot of churches, a lot of community centres. And the answer was just plain and simply no. In fact, the councils in this area are sick of churches renting their community centres because they, they say, once we let you in, you're there forever. <laughs> Actually, I think Hunty and I don't remember this story the same. Oh. So I'm going to give you first serve here. Me first serve. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, I do like my version of this, of this particular it. story. And I'll, I'll let the listeners know so whether we, it's accurate We had not. been searching for an entire afternoon with no fruit at all. And we were done out of time, time to get back to our other tasks. And Lloyd said to me, and this is where he'll deny this, he said, chuck a Yui, which is Australian, for do a U-turn here. No, actually, I'm with you so far. And I didn't want to do a U-turn where he no, said you was, resisted. it was in traffic lights. And in New South Wales, that's against the law. Uh, oh, I don't think that's true. No, <laughs> so the the pastor's backing away from my story uh, if now. There, if there are police listening, <laughs> no, then Hunty was driving and he gets the fine. And so, and so what happened was I refused to do the the U turn, so I went up this little road looking for a place to do a safe U turn. Okay. I've got to stop you. Oh, no. That's not it. That's the best part of the story. No, that is not how that unfolds. Okay, you, you go. 
Hunty had been asking me all week to go and check out this university. Uh, it's called University of Western Sydney, and it's on the Nurimba Nurimba campus. And I had been resisting, resisting, because I thought there's nothing there, there's nothing there. We've been searching all day, and I was at my wit's end, and I said, Hunty, I think you better go and check the university out. Well, there you go. Our stories are completely different because as we were doing a U-turn, I spotted the sign that said North yeah, Western no. Rimba University at Tech. I told, you we re- I told you we remember this differently. We do. And my memory's a lot better. Yes. That's been proven so, through so, the years. So the, the Aussie pastor says, however, I have it on good authority. Uh, the bottom line <laughs> is there was a miracle. That occurred Correct. because no matter how we got there yes. with our different reflections, we turned up at this university. Mm. They refusing to hire this place out really hunting yep, to they, anybody. They said point blank to me, no, we don't like church. So Hunty walks in, only one of us walked in, and he's yep. always been the guy who's been the negotiator with even to this day, you're the one who looks after the um, initial contact. Well, not just that, you look and after the, the, the plant, the plant. The physical plant. The plant yeah. between yeah. the, the nego- not the negotiation, but he looks after the relationship between our church and wherever we rent. rent. Yeah. So he goes in and somewhere, somehow, they decided to rent it to us, didn't they? So what happened was God gave us a miracle. And we got a church in a beautiful building that we really had no right to get. That's right. And we've, what, worshipped in two other centres since then? That's right. We were also, um, well, actually we surprised the people at the university because we started very small in a small room, and within only a few weeks... In fact, it was the 8th of August 2015. We had burst at the seams, and we moved from their small room to their large room, their big entertainment room. You know what? I've always been pretty uh, honest when it comes to our church Yep. and its growth. We've been through good times, Yep. and we've been through bad times. COVID times. Well, not just COVID times. When we made the last – well, when we, we had to shift out of that university full stop. We actually lost half our members or more. Yep. That was uh, September 2018. Yeah. We mm. really went backwards there. Mm. At a ra- so New Hope has not always been a story of easy times. Mm. And then eventually we've moved after COVID back into, well, where are we now? We had a beautiful church and we moved uh, 24th of November last year to the Life Anglican Centre, for Samuel Place, Quakers Hill. That's where we are now. It's a beautiful church behind the Aldi. And why things are a big deal this week is because we're about to become a fully fledged a fully accredited church here Adventist in church. Sydney. See, in the Adventist church system, you start as a group of people worshipping in a lounge room or whatever, mm. and you can graduate to a company of fellow believers. When you get big enough and you become strong enough and financial enough and can stand on your own two feet, mm. and, you, and you meet some certain requirements, the Adventist church will make you an official Seventh Adventist church. And this, on the 13th, this coming weekend, listeners, we will become an official Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's actually a huge celebration. It is. And so if you're in the Northwest, why don't you come along and join with us? It's going to be... Oh, yes. There's going to be beautiful singing. We'd love to see you. There's going to be some powerful preaching, and uh, it's just going to be a, a day of celebration. So if you want to come, here's an open invitation. Oh, Hathi and I, we will be back <laughs> from our trip to Perth. Yes. <laughs> As I sit here, we've still got another 2,400 Ks to go, Hunty. I worked it if out If we yesterday. have to walk and crawl on our hands and knees, we will be back. We will be back, and this is going to be a beautiful weekend. Yes. It's August the... 
13th. 13th, and worship starts at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. And hunt. Stay for lunch. Yeah, going to be having a beautiful lunch. Tell us again where it is. Thor Samuel Place, Quakers Hill. It's behind the Aldi, and it's a beautiful church, Life Anglican Church. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This next song at Calvary is what New Hope Adventist Church is all about. It's the Collingsworth family. I love this song. Actually, yes. I've chosen a lot of songs I really like. Yes, I've noticed. Yeah, this is a beautiful song, and I think you'll enjoy it too. It's about Jesus, his sacrifice, and why he, the great God of heaven, came down here to save us. And you know what it is, Hunty? I do. It's all about love. Hey, by the way, can you hear the motorbike? Yes, well, like I said, Caravan Park. All this noise in the background. That's okay. Here it is. Here's a song. Let's play the song. From the Collinsworth family. Years I spend in vanity and pride Caring not my Lord was crucified Knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary Mercy there was great and grace was free Pardon there was multiplied to me There my burdened soul found liberty Burning soul found liberty 
Hey, Hunty. Yeah. Looks like we've got time for a Bible study. Oh, it's been a long time since we've had our full 20 minutes left for a Bible study. Actually, um, can I still do a Bible study? It's been that long. <laughs> when I was in Bunbury with the good people of the southwest region of Western Australia, really nice there, Hunty. Yes. I kind of preached on this theme all weekend. And I talked about this parable. I didn't overtly talk about the par- parable. I alluded to it in the series that I was talking on. And it's about how to get to heaven and how uh, to make sure that you're on the way, which is a pretty important subject, isn't it? Mm. Very. How do you get to heaven, Hunty? Well, that's simple. There's literally only the one way. Good works? You've got to. By, by being good? You have got to acknowledge, accept, believe. You've got to understand now, 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 that. You're on, you're on live radio here. Correct. Not just around Australia, around the world. That's I'm right. Go, I'm going to ask you a very important question after you, you say this. You can. One thing and one thing alone. You have to be thankful and accept that Jesus died on the cross to save your life. You're so right, and I don't know whether I should do this. It's grace. Hey, hit me. My faith is indestructible. You might be- <laughs> So I can hit you as hard as I want? as hard as you like. Give me one Bible text to back that up. Oh, well, that's a good question. So here we are on live radio. You, it's it's you, not by faith or works, but by the Word of God. And where's, that, and, where's that from? Oh, I could Google it. No, no, I want it out of your head. Oh, out of my head. I take that back about hitting me as hard as you can. <laughs> This is, this is, we're sitting in a car in the car park of this caravan park. This is genuinely funny. <laughs> you, I thought you were going to hit me with some crazy notion. No, that that's what I said. Be careful. Be careful. Okay. This, this, this is a, this is a Bible passage. Okay. Bottom line is, Hunty could have given me one easily. John 3 16. 16 yeah. God so loved. Yeah. The entire world it's, that he gave his only son. That whosoever. Anybody who wants to accept. Believe. Him believe in Jesus should not perish but have everlasting life. So you did have one, yeah. That's just that I put you on on the spot in front of <laughs> red hot spotlight, Australia. I'm the tech. I'm not the that, Bible guy. That was after you saying, hit "Yeah, me. how did I hit me?" <laughs> I thought you were coming with something to do with works. Oh man, <laughs> I love that. That could be the very that, that makes up for you getting the date of our starting church. Mate, right, that is the highlight. <laughs> That is a highlight of your radio career. Yes. We'll play that back for years, mate. Hit me, hit me. No, this won't my be, eyes. This won't be in the replay. You know what? My eyes lit up when you said that. This is if you're listening to us live, you'll hear this, but this will not be in the replay. <laughs> okay, look, this is this is beautiful. This is Jesus at his best, yep. and he tells a story. And in this story, he tells us how to get to heaven. Yep. So you should be able to read this story, hear it, See it, believe it, and at the end of this story, if you're prepared to accept Jesus and his word here, you're on your way to heaven, mate. That's yep. good news. Good news, isn't indeed. It? Look at this. The best news. So let's look at this story. So Jesus, well, let, just read verse 1, mate. And, and Hunty's read, what version are you in? I'm in the NLT. Yeah. So this is Matthew chapter 22, verse 1. Jesus also told them other parables. He said... Okay, 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 okay. What's a parable? A parable is a story that's used to illustrate a commandment or a command or a... A teaching and a, a doctrine. T- a teaching something, yeah. It's, a, it's to make things easy. So he's telling them people stories. Yep, stories. Yeah. My dad says to me when I'm preaching, and I'll preach the sermon, and I'll ring him up. You've heard him say this. He'll say... How many stories do you, have you told? It's very important. Because stories are windows into the truth. Yes. And Jesus was a master storyteller. Yes. So he tells a story. And in this story, you find out the secret to getting to heaven. 
verse 2. Okay. He said, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. Do you know this parable? Do, and I love it. Who's the king? Uh, Jesus. God. God. Who's the son? We are. No. Church. No. None from two. It's not looking good. <laughs> this is... I'm, I'm having a very enjoyable day here. Okay. Uh, doesn't matter, mate. We love you. You are a tacky. Uh, if I was asking you, if you were asking me questions on the tech, I'd be getting more stuck than you'll ever get stuck in the Bible. <laughs> For what it's worth, listeners, he knows the Bible pretty well, but he does feel and sense the pressure. The kingdom of heaven is like a king, that's God, who prepared a wedding banquet for his son, that's Jesus. This is the story of heaven. Oh, I was getting this confused. You are. Okay. So you've got the king who's God, you've got the son who's Jesus, and you've got the wedding banquet or the wedding feast which represents heaven. Okay? Yep. You with me? I'm with you. Yeah. I, I think it's cool, mate. I mean, a lot of people would be in the same boat as you listening to this for the first time. Yeah, I get to ask all the dumb questions. <laughs> verse 3. Okay, verse 3. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. Your version's different than mine. But they all refused to come. And they'll tell you, let me double check. Yeah, yeah. New Living Translation? Did I read it wrong? No, it's just different. Listen to mine. Jesus spoke to them, verse 1, again in parable saying. We still the same? Yep. No, you, yours says he said. You know the what? The kingdom of heaven. You're in the New Living Translation. Let me just hit the button on my Google translations and see if I didn't refresh Doesn't matter. It. Okay. Doesn't matter. So in verse 3, what you've got, he sent Jesus, God sent his servants. That's those who... Tell the story of Jesus. This, in some sense, us, auntie. Yep. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. So God sends his first message out to the world, hey, come to heaven. But when he sends his message out through his servants, mate, a lot of people who hear it don't want to come. Yep. And I've found that, man. I'll never forget when I was at college and we were training to be a pastor, we went door knocking, and I really disliked door knocking. And I knocked at the door of this old guy, and it was a Saturday afternoon, and he was watching the races, and he would have been 90. And he said, what do you want? I said, well, I've come to talk to you about Jesus. <laughs> and, man, he let go with some obscenities, and I'm a builder. And I walked away. I wasn't mad at all. But I'm shaking my head, and I'm thinking, mate, you're 90 years of age. You ain't got long left on this earth. Maybe now would be a good time for you to consider the invitation that God's giving you to come and live with him in heaven forever. Yep. And maybe as you are listening to this, your heart is hard. And maybe you do feel aggressive and angry when people bring up Jesus and the invitation he's giving you to heaven. Oh, I think you need to stop and think and ask yourself why. What is it that's driving this anger? Yep. Why am I so hostile to this invitation from Jesus? But Jesus said in this parable, that's what that's what is going to happen sometimes when the invitation goes out. You with me, hunty? Uh, yep, just checking that it's still online. Verse 4. Verse 4. So he sent out other servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared, the bulls and fattened cattle They're not have vegetarian, been killed. mate. This is going to be a, yeah. a roast. <laughs> yep. So the fattened cattle have been killed and everything's ready. Come to the banquet. You see, what happens is Jesus keeps sending out the invitation. Yep. Literally from the fall of man in Genesis until the end of time when Jesus comes, he will send out the invitation invitation for you and for me to come, to come to the wedding banquet, to come to heaven. He wants to save you. 
So the first group that he sends the invitation out to, they just refuse point blank to come. The second group, what do they do, Hunty? Okay, where are we? Verse, uh, we're in... Verse 5. Yeah, verse 5. So he just called, come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One to his farm, another to his business, others seized his messengers. Wait there. No, so. so but they paid no attention, went off, one to his field, another to his business. These guys are too busy. Yep. Don't bother me with Jesus. Don't bother me with this invitation. Don't bother me with Christianity. Don't bother me with the story. I'm too busy doing what? Living. I'm yes. too busy making money. I'm too busy watching sport. I'm too busy in life. I'm too busy with my investments. I'm too busy with work. I'm too vi- busy with my Family, you can be too yeah. busy to hear yep. this invitation. Yep. yep. So the first group refused. The second group are, are too busy. The third group hunting, verse six. Verse six. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. Verse seven. The king was furious. He sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn the town. Whew. So, so you got three reactions here to this invitation. Wow. Number one, they just refuse outright. Yep. Number two, they're too busy. Number three, they're so mad that this invitation is given to them that they, they kill murder. Yep. yep. They murder. Insulted and killed. They murder the people Jesus, God sent to, to invite to heaven. Now, I've often wondered that. It does not make sense. Do you know that persecution of the Christian church and the Christian church is nothing more than Jesus' servants who he sends to invite people to live forever, has killed millions and millions and millions of people since the time of Jesus' hunting. Yeah. And even today, Christianity is under severe attack. Yep. And Christians all around the world are dying to share this message for Christ. Now, I like this verse 8. Hmm. Spirit, blah, blah, blah. Right, and he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited are worthy of honour. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the, so the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. Love it. Mm. So Jesus says, look, God says, open the invitation to anybody. And that's where we're at today, hunty. Yep. Anybody can come. And I, I look, as surely as I sit here in this car park in Sejuna, <laughs> cold and the bliss, blustery wind with lots of noise outside, as, as, as much as I sit here, I can assure you, I promise you, Jesus is inviting you today to come to the wedding feast. Well, God is inviting you. God, Jesus, same you know. Yep. God is inviting you to come to the wedding feast of his son, Jesus, to come to heaven. That invitation is real. It's deep and it's true and it's for you. Now, this is where it gets interesting, Hunty. Yep. Verse 11. Verse 11. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Mine says not wearing. I like my version better, which is NLT, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not. I've got the latest NLT. You're you're reading from an old old version, mate. Really? Yep. I'll show you that later. Not, in, not New King James? No, I'm in the NLT. Wow. So he comes in. The king, this is God, Yep. and he sees a guy who has no wedding clothes mm-hmm. on. What happens? Ah, friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. And the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this guy has no wedding clothes on, and he gets thrown out of heaven. Now, this is a parable. It's a story. 
to illustrate a theological or doctrinal point. Mm. Why does he get thrown out of heaven, Hunter? He simply didn't have on the wedding clothes. So how do you get to heaven? <laughs> You've got to have the wedding clothes on. It's as simple as that. It's simple. We, we, just, we just did the Bible study. You want to go to heaven? Yeah. Have on wedding clothes. That's right. Look up Isaiah 64, 6 and then Isaiah 61, 10, because we'll find out what these wedding clothes are not, and then we'll find out what they are, because if you have these wedding clothes on, Hunter, you're getting to heaven. That's right. If you don't have them on, you'll get thrown out. You won't even get there. That's the whole point. Isaiah 64, verse 6. Six. This is what the wedding clothes are not. Okay. We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. That's enough. Yes. So the wedding clothes are not your righteous deeds and all your sins. Mm. In other words, Hunty, you're made up of two things. Yep. Good deeds and bad deeds. Yeah, mostly bad. <laughs> you can't get to heaven through your bad deeds Absolutely for sure. True. Or for all you read it again. I want you to read that again. We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. You can't get to heaven by being good. Correct. That's what that says. We display our righteous deeds, they are what? They are filthy rags. They are filthy rags. You can't get to heaven. So when I go on a trip like this and I preach over in Western Australia and I leave my family for the best part of three weeks and I'm preaching as in the spirit, doing everything I can to advance the cause of God on my way night after night, recording video and radio out on the road, Television. I'm sleeping in the back of my car, I'm cold and at times miserable and in lonely for Liska. <laughs> I've been putting up with Hunty for almost two weeks. I'm lonely for Liska. And, I, and I've seen you hunging on a loaf of bread too. And yeah, stick your cheese. We're not eating well. <laughs> is that a good deed? No, no good deeds. Well, it is actually. Yes, but because I'm working for God, no, no deeds a, good enough. No, that is a good deed, though, isn't it? I go out and do Bible studies. Good deeds. Yes. Preach. Good deeds. Yes. Pay my tithe and offering. Good deeds. Go to church. Good deeds. Yes. Treat my wife. Good. Good deeds. Tolerate and put up with Hunty. Very, <laughs> very good deeds. Extra star in your crown for that. Is any of that going to get you to heaven? No, not according to that. Because even my good deeds are like what? Filthy rags. They're like filthy rags. So my wedding clothes aren't me. That's right. What are they? Your wedding clothes are one simple thing. Isaiah 6110. 61.10. Let me quickly rush. And then I want to go to Second Corinthians 5.21, and then we're going to finish. All right. Isaiah 61.10 says, quick, I'm overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding, or a bride with her jewels. Yep. These wedding clothes are what? A robe of... Salvation. They are a robe of... Salvation. No, no. No, no. And drape me in a robe of righteousness. Got it, hun. You're on fire, mate. You're you're getting it. They're a robe of righteousness. Mm. Now, I'm looking at that and say, well, I'd like that robe of righteousness. Yes. But where do I get it from? Because that's a good question. It's a great question. These wedding clothes are a robe of right. Getting a little bit theological. Let's Still, make it's it, a very easy Let's answer. make it simple. Go okay. to Second Corinthians chapter 5. So we're in the car here. Hunty's on his computer. Yes. He's, he's got Sorry. slow. That's How's your internet? Going, is I'm it, going through my phone is, for internet. Is your internet slow or fast? I'm using my phone to broadcast on. So <laughs> two or five what? Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. 
521. Yeah. All right, here and we this go. And this tells us what the robe of righteousness is. Okay. <clears throat> for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So that there, robe there of it righteousness, is. Yep. this is what it is. When you come to Jesus, you say, Lord, this is how simple it is, auntie. Lord Jesus, I come to you and I'm a sinner. I repent of my sins. Forgive me. Here they are. I can actually, as I pray that prayer, Hunty, imagine myself handing my sins to Jesus. He yep. then takes those sins yep. and he takes them to the cross yep. and he pays the penalty for them on the cross, hanging on the cross, paying the penalty for my sins. He gives me back what? His, his, yeah, his perfection. His, he says, look, you've given, this is a transaction, mm. a beautiful transaction. He says, you have given me your sins and I'll take them and I'll take the blame for them and I'll yep. go and pay the penalty for them on the cross. Yep. But he says, now I'm going to give you something. Yep. And he gives us back a robe, yep. sim- symbolic here, all yep. symbolic yep. of his righteousness. What that means is this. When God looks at you, hunty. Yep. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. He doesn't see you. He sees yep. Jesus. That's yep. what the robe of righteousness, yep. it is Jesus. So read that text again in the context of what I've just shared with you. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. Okay, verse 21. For God made Christ. Okay, for God made Christ, yep. Who never sinned. He never sinned. He's perfect. That's his robe of righteousness. I'm, Jesus says, I'm perfect. I'm sinless. Yep. Pure white, yep. To be the offering for our sin. He takes our sin. He takes our sin, hunty. Yep. Then what? So that we could be made right with God through Christ. He gives us his robe. Yep. So that when God looks at us, us he sees Jesus. Jesus. And when he sees Jesus, he sees his perfection. He sees his sinlessness. And he says, hunty, welcome into the kingdom. Mm. Because through Christ, you are perfect. Are you perfect in yourself? No, nope. your good deeds are like filthy rags. Yep. But through Christ, when God looks at you, you are sinless. Correct. And that's the story of salvation. Mm. And that's why that dude got tossed out of the wedding feast out of heaven. Yep. Because when he got there, you know what, mate? Yep. He was wearing his own clothes. His own sins. And that's why you need a saviour. And you need to go to Jesus. Yep. And you need to repent. And you need to ask him into your heart. And you need to ask for that robe of righteousness. It's a simple prayer. And when you pray that, you're off to heaven. You know what? When I first discovered this, yeah. I've been brought up an Adventist Christian all my life, a pastor's, in a pastor's family. I'm a third generation pastor. I discovered this after I become a pastor, mate. Yep. Fourth generation Adventist Christian. I got so excited. I was preaching in a church in New Zealand called Calvary Adventist oh, Church. Wow. And I'm there and I'm preaching and I thought, I just discovered this message. I don't know why it took me so long. Maybe I'm a bit thick. That Jesus saves me. Yep. Jesus and Jesus alone saves me. Yep. Nothing I can do except ask Jesus to be my saviour. That, that, that's the only that's thing it. I that's can all do. you can do. Yep. My works are nothing. Yep. They're, they're never good enough. And so I'm preaching this sermon and I'm so excited that I fell off the stage. Oh. <laughs> I actually fell backwards off the stage. Oh, like, dear. But that's how excited I was. Yeah, nice. That finally I had found the, joy. the secret to my salvation. You know what it means? One day when I die, yes. if I know about it, and yes. I'm lying on the bed and I'm dying, I'm going to do it in peace. Yes. Because I know it's Jesus that gets me to the kingdom. That's right. Gets me to heaven yep. and nothing and else. And not nothing else. That's right. 
and I hope and pray, listeners, that you understood what we said and shared today. Yep. Because if you get that and you accept Jesus, you're on your way to heaven too. There is a candle in every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold. There is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle, and makes his home. Carry your candle, run to the darkness, seek out the hopeless, confused and torn. Hold out your
Another beautiful song. Yeah, beautiful. Had a lot of them today. That song's about the light that Jesus brings into your life if you choose him as your saviour. You know what, Hunty? Yeah. When you ask him to be your saviour and ask for the forgiveness of your sins, and he puts that robe around you, you cannot be quiet. That's right. You and me know about that. It's the most beautiful thing. You're just going to share whether people sometimes want to hear it or Or not. not. You've actually got to be, you you really got to. um, It's too good not to share. Yeah, but you've got to listen to the Holy Spirit, don't you? Yep. And you only share as he gives you opportunity. Well, we're in Sejuna. We're on our way home. We are. Next week we'll be back in our little uh, radio station. Yep. Not radio. Radio, what do you call it? Studio. Yep. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that because this has been a, a cold, cold trip. Uh, yep. I'm going to pray to finish. Dear Lord Jesus, we are sinners and we fall so short of you. And we know when we look at our own lives, we're not good enough to earn our way to heaven. That is for sure. And so, Jesus, we invite you today to come down into our hearts to forgive us our sins. And we choose you, Jesus, as our Savior. We choose you to be the one to put your robe around us so that we can be in heaven for eternity. Bless each listener we have. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Well, Hunty, it's time to say goodbye. Time to say goodbye. My name's Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie pastor. And my name's Hunty, and I'm man in black in the tech room. Well, in the which, is the, which is a car today. <laughs> a freezing car. <laughs> you know what? We love you. But uh, not as much as Jesus. That's right. Paul does. He loves See you, you next so much time. more. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 